one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Tamara Thomas, editor-in-chief of urbanhealthtoday.com, part of the Dockwire family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Tamara Thomas and welcome to Urban Health Weekly, where we talk about medical news and health topics that matter to you. So I'm here with Jackie and Lou. How are you guys? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Um, all right. So we're going to do like a little bit of a potpourri show today because uh, it's just so darn hot and you know we want to get back to laying under the air conditioning air conditioning and the yeah, fan exactly. right exactly so all right so let's jump into it so did we want to talk about the cdc um first or do we want to talk about the monkeypox i kind of want to talk about the monkeypox i think monkeypox goes first yeah i think yeah i think monkeypox kind of rates up there like whole new pandemic you know we we need a new one a new pandemic uh, I don't know about that. So did you hear about the woman? She with extremely painful, this was in People Magazine, with extremely painful monkeypox and she wasn't offered a vaccine or an antiviral treatment. Are, are vaccines available? Not widely available, but they're available. And you, uh. this is unlike, unlike the COVID vaccine where you have to wait until you're well, actually taking the, the vaccine when you um, have monkeypox decreases the uh, severity of mm-hmm. the disease. Yeah, I think we should, uh, you know, uh, the editor in me likes to say not that they're available. I say the, the vaccine exists. Well, it's a smallpox vaccine, but it works for the monkeypox. Right. It's called T-pox. Yeah, it exists, but they don't have a lot of quantity and the... And know, so, the, of course, people of color don't get... Well, the hierarchy of who gets and who doesn't get. is a little murky right now. Oh, give me a friggin' break. So who gets it? I'm not sure. So the poor, even have it. The, poor, the poor black cashier who got it from handling money, by the oh, way. Oh, my gosh. And she's right oh, at the front line. was not involved in any sexual activity. Yeah, yeah, no. But come we on, don't ta- know what her ta- sexual ta- or we don't know her sexual orientation is. You know, let, let's let's be serious here. I you am know, being any, serious. I'm being very cashier, serious. Any cashier should be should be eligible for it. Not okay, just poor but, black ones or rich white ones. Uh, or, uh, okay. Or Let, let's, I've never heard of a rich cashier, but okay. okay I've but, not. But it, I, I think, Touche. I, I think, you know, just like we did with COVID, we have to start, you know, prioritizing, uh, you know, what are the, um, what are the careers that expose people to monkeypox more than others. I'm sorry. So you don't think a cashier at a gas station, a drive-through gas station, I didn't say no on those. Well, you brought it up, so I'm asking you. Just like they said, frontline workers should get it first because they're facing the public and all that on the COVID side. Yeah, except they're not even open. We talked about that last week. There should be a list of people that maybe should be prioritized for the monkeypox vaccine. I wonder who's got that vaccine anyway. Like, where would you find it? Like, if I were to take my kid to the pediatrician, it's not like they just have the small vac- smallpox vaccine available. It, like, comes in, you know, during their I whole- think you have to order it. I think it's one of those things where you have to order it and you probably have to make a case like, you know, the population of patients that I see are at risk. And so I need to have some kind of thing. But uh-huh. that first, but but before that happens, you first need to be aware that monkeypox is even a thing that's going on. And despite all the state of emergency, you know, some of these states are issuing, I, I still think a lot of, um, of frontline providers are, when I say frontline, I mean like primary care doctors, not like emergency uh, okay. doctors. 
I think uh, I think a number of them are are not hip to the game, if that makes sense. Like I I don't think it's like really now. Like, didn't it get declared a federal because they keep disease? saying it's a gay disease? But now it got declared. Didn't it get declared a federal? Yes, a medical emergency. So that information on the ground. Where's the okay. information campaign that's going out to all to all, all providers? Is that happening? I haven't seen that. Where's the posters? Where are the little kiosks with the monkeypox is dangerous? Make sure you wear long sleeve. Like, where is that education happening? I don't see it. And if the regular people are not getting it, I'm pretty sure the providers are not getting it. There are providers that are going to be aware of it because they're seeing it because you got people coming in like, oh my God, my face hurts or oh, my genitals hurt or oh, my arms or my hands hurt or wherever the lesions spread to. You see what I'm saying? And they yeah. know, but is there widespread education? Is there, wide, is there a widespread campaign uh, targeting doctors, making them aware that this is an issue? I don't know that that's- By the way, like that, that lady in the article, I mean, it started with like, it just felt like a little pimple on her face, which, oh my gosh, that, you know, that could be, I could see how she wouldn't know necessarily that she had monkeypox. That's another thing I heard that it doesn't necessarily look like the photos that you saw out of like the Not at first, monkeypox. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so- like If you look at her, she looks like she's got chickenpox. Yeah. Yeah, once you see like they develop, but it looks like it start because I saw some photos online and it talked about it doesn't necessarily look like that stereotypical monkeypox photo that they that was going around. It can look really just like like a like little pimples to start with. So yeah. by then you don't know. You just thought you had some acne, right? You thought you got some or, or some little bite. rash I, I mean, yeah. or a mosquito bite, and I've yeah. got mosquito bites, and I'm scratching them. Oh my gosh! I wonder if people think I'm walking around with monkeypox. Oh well. Did you hear? Well, there was a guy in Hawaii who had fallen asleep on a beach or something like that, and he got bitten by a bunch of sand fleas, and people. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. People were shunning him because they thought he was covered. Yeah, in my kids got like, tons no. of mosquito bites on the leg from going out fishing and being outdoors and like and we get inflamed we're allergic to mosquito bites so right. we're all like looking mighty scary over here yeah right. <laughs> but the thing is is that is that she probably didn't take precautions because she like everyone else is kind of being ah. that it's sexually transmitted that it's men who sleep with men do you see what i'm saying the education yes that's still making you think that you're not. So I'm really glad she came out and like People Magazine did a thing. Like, yep, it yes, can be any absolutely. one of us. It's not, it doesn't care who you are. We're all eligible yeah. together. People have to understand that you are at risk, period. It's not about your sexual orientation or who you sleep with or anything like that. They need to get off that horse. So I'm really glad that they did that article. And I'm very upset that uh, that her providers did not give her relief because my understanding is these lesions are extremely painful. The one guy who did a whole, was it a TikTok video or an Instagram video? Do you remember that guy from California where he wanted to educate people because they were trying- Oh to yeah, so did he get a vaccine? Um, I don't know if he got a vaccine, but he got um, antivirals and he ah. got- he got uh he got shots because his lesions were so painful he they had to give him like analgesic, not wow. aspirin. Like they didn't give him Tylenol, like they gave him like, like real the real pain. deal. Right, exactly. And I'm thinking about this poor young woman who had I wonder why she got amoxicillin. Like, is it just to prevent secondary infection? That's that's what Lou was saying. He's like, Yeah, it's for secondary. But what about her primary infection? That's what's that's what's giving her the pain. Yes, they're just like, yeah, so what, it's unbelievable. It viral? Wow. Wow. So what's your gripe with what I'm saying about this, Lou? I don't, I don't really have a gripe. I mean, uh, you know, because you all, came at me like, well, were you feeling like there's not really anything well, they can well, do? It's a virus. Well, a few things, a few things. My, my feeling is I, I didn't come at you. I, what I came at is the fact that we have not prioritized people that are more susceptible 
two monkeypox and people that are not as because we haven't identified who's more susceptible well that has to be done and and it's basically i mean i have we have you know maybe police officers maybe cashiers maybe yes oh yeah there was a woman there was a woman who was working in a she was an airbnb cleaned airbnbs and she got it from oh my gosh back to we were talking about people have to change linens yes yes Yes. This poor girl got it from touching all the oh, and what's the proper handling procedure for like linens and stuff like that? I mean, what's the washing? As I said <laughs> several weeks ago, long gloves. Mm-hmm. Long gloves. Okay. And if you are if you have monkeypox and how do you clean your stuff? You put it in the wash with hot water. Well, you tell me you were you were saying that you were I was looking and it said something about uh, the CDC had like cleaning procedures, NYC.com had bleach cleaning involved. procedure. They didn't even say bleach. They said laundered in hot water and then through the dryer. And if you can't wash your linens or clothes, put it in a bag for 21 days and like, you know, to seal it off. That's pretty outrageous. Yeah, I guess they, if you know. If you only have a few pieces of clothes, you cannot wait 21 days. That's ridiculous. They should I guess be telling people that they need to use, you know, some sort of bleach or some sort of, you know what, what I used growing up, you know, in my uh, Caribbean household, we use a product called Dettol. And that was, it's an antiseptic, but it's a very powerful antiseptic that you can use and you can shower with that and stuff like that. I don't know how powerful. What is that? That sounds like alcohol, like OL, it ends in an OL. It's like a chlor, chlor, I think it's chlorhexidine or something like that. Okay. Anyway, we use that, you know, uh, growing up on the island. And that was what we use. If you had any kind of skin thing or any, that's what you use to cleanse yourself. And it kept your skin nice and healthy. Now, I'm not saying that you have to necessarily do that. I'm telling you what we did. I'm saying it's worth a shot. Put a little in your in your your bath soap or whatever and scrub yourself with it. If you think you've been exposed, wash, you know, put it in your, your soap pump, wash your hands with it. Um, I don't know why they're not saying bleach. Bleach is a powerful antimicrobial. Why, why, why aren't they saying bleach? Why aren't they saying hydrogen peroxide? These things will kill anything. Yeah, I, I think there's not enough information out there. And I, I think That's the feeling I'm getting, yeah. Job of, of, of informing, because they're just like groping around in the dark and they're trying to figure out. I think they're still stuck on this because the majority of cases are in the LGBTQ community. That they're busy like trying to not hurt their feelings and trying to mesh it, message it in a way that um, is not offensive. And I think that's great and very thoughtful, but I think that you're not looking at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is there are people like this young lady and the Airbnb cleaning woman and the, 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 um, the corn dog lady on the corner in the Bronx that I, you, you understand? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. that are in danger that they're not telling to be careful. And these people are getting them. This is how it's spreading. It's spreading rapidly because they're not informing because they're so busy trying to figure out how to message it that they're not delivering a message. Well, but let, let's, let's get back. In because the, a lot of people still don't know. Let's take a memory pill here. And if we go back to COVID, it took about five months. It did take a long time. Before we found out that it was mostly airborne. So we didn't have to uh, hoard Clorox wipes for everything. Uh, It took a while for us to find out that it was not, you know, Asians only who carried it or who brought it to us. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of Chinese virus. There there was a lot, you know, there there was a lot of that. And if I'm not getting Asian people assaulted all over, yeah, if I'm not Asian or, you know, they brought it or, you know, a lot of slurs that I'm not going to use, you know, there was this whole five months, you know, there was no mail delivered because people felt that oh remember that when you first got your mail delivered like you didn't bring it in you just <laughs> two weeks you just lose yeah there and you're, you know your mailman because you you really didn't know and all that and it, it, it took a lot it took five remember took- grocery shopping we'd wipe down each and every item before you oh my gosh it took so long yes! 
You yeah. almost you almost didn't want to shop because it yes. took so darn long to break down the groceries. That is, it's it. like yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's if you got it because right. deliveries just took forever. And and right. while it's not impossible to get it that way, we found out that it's very improbable that you're going to get it that way. So I, I think we have to we have to do the same with monkeypox. I think there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of bias. There's a lot of this and that. As this virus grows, which uh, which unfortunately it seems to be doing, I wish uh, there was a way to do it. We we're gonna have to figure out where where are the hot spots, where are the people, you know, where's like where you go and half of you get it, you know. Um, so so that that is an issue. Well, but they don't know that, which is why they need to make the message more widespread. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Everybody needs to know that they could potentially be at risk. This is not just men who sleep with men or LGBT. This is not that. This is not just people who work, you know, in gas stations and handle the money and handle uh, betting. Mm -hmm. This is, this is, you could literally get this riding the subway. You could uh, get this riding yes. on an airplane. Yes. You could get this in any pub because it survives. It's very hardy. Unlike the coronavirus, it's very hardy on a pub. Oh, surface. we don't know how long it lives on a surface. It no. lives a mighty long time. Well, because they said with the laundry, they're like, put it in a bag for 21 days. That right, exactly. 21 but days survive, is like a good general rule that, of thumb. And, and that's, that's a long time. Yeah, that's a very long time. So that's a, that's a, right. That's a very long time. So, but that's provided that you don't actually wash it and stuff like that. I would imagine right. cuts that, that down. Yeah. But the, the point that mm -hmm. I'm making is like, if you get on a plane and they don't clean those seats between flights, <laughs> potentially, this thing is like, this is much more widespread than, than they're making this out to be. And that's what I'm really concerned about. And I know I curl about this every week. Well, aren't you glad they declared it federal emergency? Well, it's about time, but now more people need to know about it. Okay. It can't just be in these small circles. Right. Yeah. And also, I think we've lost a lot of faith in like the CDC and the whole yeah. world. And, you, you know, my, my head still goes back to, oh, you got to eat a bat to get it, you know, because I was one of those fools that that listened to it for the first couple of weeks and well i just heard on the radio you gotta eat a bat i don't eat bats pangolin or a bat oh remember that the pangolin yeah, yeah. poor pangolin yeah I, I, I gotta eat one of those like i don't eat bats you know I, I don't have to worry about this and and now it wasn't the case at all well speaking of of the authorities the cdc is expected to ease covid recommendations including for schools um shortly uh that's how do we feel about that well i guess they're taking the position it's with endemic the mm. with the very virulent ba5 uh, variant nipping at our heels mm. i don't know what to say i you know schools are coming and uh my kid's going to be going back to school and i'm just expecting that we're probably going to be getting you know another you know, I'm sure he's going to end up getting that and it's going to come to our house. I just feel like it's inevitable at this point. We're going to try to do our best, but um, uh, I don't know. We had trouble with staffing last year at our school. There were so many people who were out constantly. It was quite a rotation. Yeah, um, we're going through that right now with, with the summer camp. Uh, like every week we get uh, an email that one or two uh camp counselors is out and they were exposed so i've uh, this is the new this is the new reality so far she's been fine um listen to this a preview of the plans obtained uh shows that the updated recommendations are expected to ease quarantine recommendations for people exposed to the virus and de-emphasize six feet of social distancing wow the agency is also expected to de-emphasize regular screening testing for COVID-19 in schools as a way to monitor the spread of the virus. What parenting group got a hold of them and said that? I mean, it was annoying, but it did give some measure. Was of, that the screening, like, like, like you know, like the checklist you had to do every to, morning? No, no, no. 
in order for her to go to school mm-hmm. on Monday, by Sunday, we had to submit a negative test. Oh, you guys had to do that. Yeah, which, oh. I, which I wasn't thrilled about, but at least it gave some measure of, okay, well, everyone else is doing it. And so right. you know that she's going to school with people who are negative. That way, that way it catches the kids who are potentially positive and they stay home. Because you don't produce a negative test, you're, you're not going to be allowed in the school. Okay. So as annoying as it was, I understood it and I kind of appreciated it. So now they're de-emphasizing that. I guess because the... So every week you guys had to produce a negative test. Yeah, we didn't have that. We didn't have that. We had to produce, if you tested positive or you had any kind of symptom, then you were immediately sent home and then you would get a test. And then until your test, uh, the results came back, you had to stay home. And if they were positive, you know, then you had the whole procedure um, before you could go back to school. And you were allowed to do remote learning if you're a positive. Otherwise, if you're ill with something else, you were just out. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I don't know. So, I mean, how do you feel about this as a parent? How do you feel about this, this whole? I don't feel like this is over. So that's what's kind of bothering me. I, yeah. I We didn't even have the checklist at the end. Like we had a thing, you had to submit the checklist every morning of symptoms or non-symptoms every morning yeah it was just like an online thing you just like Mm -hmm. would fill out the thing my kid does not have a fever yada 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 not experience and then you just hit send and you just submit it and it was daily and then at the end we weren't doing it daily anymore so but we didn't have the whole testing issue like you guys had weekly have to show that i didn't have a temperature in the morning and stuff like that, you know, every morning that I went. Uh, but then we started finding out that in COVID, sometimes you don't have a fever. So, so much for that. I, I'm just thinking with the with the BA5 variant knocking people out left and right, is this good timing? It seems like lousy timing, yes. It seems like this is all about COVID fatigue and not about the facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of my concern with this, that these these are not fact based uh, evidence based decisions that they're making. Um, I'm wondering why this is this is is being de-emphasized for for children right now. Mm. Uh, I'm just wondering what data that they're they're going by. As part of the expected changes, the CDC would also soon remove a recommendation that students exposed to COVID-19 take regular tests to stay in the classroom. The strategy called test to stay was recommended by the agency in December during the first Omicron wave to keep unvaccinated kids who were exposed but didn't have symptoms in the classroom instead of quarantining at home. I'm looking here to see what, what the rationale so they're easing all of this, but they're not really explaining. I think I'm going to predict that the rationale is that they're feeling like kids are falling behind um, education-wise and developmentally uh, oh. due to, that's what I'm going to guess, and that they're doing the cost-benefit analysis, and they're oh. deciding that people being ill. Money. God. Oh, I don't know that it's money. I think it's education. I think it's- Well, if you crazy. look at what's happening in New York here, for example- yeah. Uh, there's a fight going on right now because enrollment is is down, and as a result of that, uh, those empty seats, the city council and the mayor both decided that the school budget should be cut a little teeny bit, and parents were outraged by this. Oh, uh, but the cut was justified because enrollments are way down. Um, so it is the money. It, well, the count is seventy five thousand people. So basically, if you say your typical school has five, four or five thousand here in the inner city, you're talking about at least a dozen schools uh-huh. that just have no kids, went from full enrollment to zero. Uh-huh. That's the scope of that's the scope of the amount of people that have either fled the city or fled the system, which is more, right. more of the people have fled the system and mm-hmm. now are going into the private sector. Mm. I don't know. I just think this is. Did you guys have mask mandates at the school? 
Um, no, the first half of the year, yes. The second half, no. Because right, the second half was optional, right? That's yeah, what we the second experienced. Half also, was optional because most of the kids were vaccinated by then. So right, it wasn't uh, really an issue. I mean, and then there was a certain amount of herd immunity going on with the the vaccinated kids that protected the unvaccinated kids. If that makes sense. Yes. I don't know. I, this this just sits in my tummy wrong. I don't I don't like it, but. I, I guess I guess they they feel like they have they've got to move on, so I don't know. Um, All right, let, let's uh, take a break. Yeah. yeah, let's take a break. Let me get my emotions in check here, and we'll come <laughs> come right back. And we're back. And let's talk about something uh, slightly less um, unappetizing. Eating fish and seafood reduces risk for rheumatoid arthritis, which I, I think that's. That's good. People. Need That's to good that. news. Mm -hmm. Several studies have reported the contribution of dietary components in modifying the extent of inflammation and disease activity in rheumatoid arthritis patients. These studies have indicated that an animal-based diet, such as that includes dairy and red meat, could aggravate RA due to their pro-inflammatory properties. As compared to other parts of the world, autoimmune disease are more prevalent in Western countries which might be due to their dietary habits. Typically, Western diets consist of a high amount of saturated and trans fats, sugar-sweetened drinks, refined carbohydrates, and low levels of omega-3 fatty acids, all of which increase the risk of RA. One previous case control study reported that high consumption of red meat increases the risk of inflammatory polyarthritis. However, another study concluded in China contradicted this result and stated that no link exists between red meat intake and the risk of RA. <laughs> As several studies have provided contradictory findings, scientists in a recent nutritional journal study sought to address this issue and determine the exact relationship between meat consumption and RA. In this case control study, newly diagnosed RA patients who visited a rheumatology clinic in Isfahan, is that how it's pronounced? Isfahan, Isfahan, Isfahan Iran, were enrolled. All recruited patients were not diagnosed with RA and more for more than 12 months. The participants' diet was assessed through uh, data obtained from a semi-quantitative food frequency questions question. God, I haven't heard that term in years, which included information related to the frequency type and amount of dietary consumption. An inverse relationship between fish consumption and RA was reported. Whereas a significant association was observed between animal flesh consumption and the risk of RA. Importantly, a direct link was observed between processed meat consumption and increased risk of RA. Several studies have reported that processed meat intake enhances inflammatory mediators called C-reactive proteins or CRP. Individuals with higher intake of fish were less likely to get RA. This finding aligns with previous studies indicating a strong relationship between fish intake and reduce risk of RA. Now, we all know that fish, well, not we don't all know, but we, meaning us three chickens, know <laughs> fish intake that, but what kind of fish? Like, because on one hand, you hear that seafood is great and you should have, you know, plenty of seafood and Mediterranean diet is great. But then on the other hand, you hear, well, you know, you should limit your seafood intake because of the mercury and the plastics and so on and so forth. So I'm just trying to figure out like what the happy medium is here. I think it was fatty fish, like fish that have a certain level of oil. And then I think it was don't eat too much of the really big fish. Uh, like you don't want shark per se or mm -hmm. um, and then you shouldn't eat too much tuna. I think that has something to do yeah, with tuna. the bigger fish. Yeah. yeah. And salmon, because the bigger fish, uh, you're, you're not with... salmon. Well, yes, yeah, salmon, but not in excess. If you were to eat salmon daily, when you know, you they shark, that, that shark is like 20 years old. Uh -huh. So they've been eating and eating and eating and the, and the mercury just builds up. Right. It builds up. Yeah. Salmon, it's maybe like two or three years old. So the mercury hasn't built up as much. Ah, okay. you know, it's like, because that's what I've always read. I've always read that salmon is safe to eat. Too Salmon's much. really good to eat, but you don't necessarily want to eat salmon four or five times, you know, six times a week. If you could be eating like 
sardines or anchovies. You see, those are smaller oily fish. Mm. So they're they're lower down on the food chain. Okay, so, and also, you know, if you're eating a sardine, chances are sardines a year old. So what happens is, you know, it doesn't have that much time to accumulate all those poisons. All the toxins. Where yeah. if the fish has been around for 20 years, it's 20 years of eating. And they're not, and the sardines and anchovies aren't eating the bigger fish so right. that they're not absorbing, you know, just, they're mm -hmm. not accumulating all of that from the other fish that have eaten. They're mostly eating like algae and all that stuff. Right, and, and also when we're looking at high pollution zones, a lot of the commercial fishing sometimes occurs near the high pollution zones. So we have to, we also have to be mindful as to where the fish is caught. Uh, is it caught uh, near a lake? Is it caught that's clean? Is it caught in the Pacific where maybe it's not so clean and there's a lot of bottom? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Plastic waste. So where where that fish was indigenous from is pretty important. That's why some people like the Arctic char or this or that, because mm -hmm. those waterways are Wild actually... Wild Alaskan, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they're actually less polluted because mm -hmm. there's less people there. Mm -hmm. They're overfished. There's other problems with that. Right. The fact is that you might be paying twice as much for some Wild Alaskan or, or something like that, but chances are that it comes from an area that there's less plastic and less stuff floating around in the water. But in everything else, so like, for example, eating organic, obviously, that's it's more expensive because mm -hmm. the way it's grown, it, you know, it, it costs more to produce. And so that cost has to be passed on to the consumer. Mm -hmm. And so I hear what you're saying about the, the price and at the risk of, you know, offending, you know, people, I, I'm going to go back to what I said previously that healthcare costs a lot more money than eating healthy. Mm -hmm. Right? You're here. Correct. Yeah. yeah. If you think about how much money you have to spend when you get sick, vis a vis the money you would spend in prevention, like buying the higher quality mm -hmm. foods to begin with, if you do that cost analysis, you'll see that you come out better eating the healthier food and i know that's not easy to say if you are on a waitress's salary or a cash right salary. can you fish oil supplement and you've got five those get expensive too you have to be careful with those because a lot of the the the, the lower quality ones will have the mercury in it because it's it's all right it's not filtered necessarily right. or it's exactly. farm raised or it's, who knows what right. okay it's not, they don't process out the stuff that Mm -hmm. made the fish you know less desirable to begin with so if you're eating the you know the liver of that cod say for example ah you're busting out the cod liver oil again yeah if you're, <laughs> if you're not eating a high quality cod liver oil it's the liver the liver in any creature is the you know it's where all the the junk the filtration yeah and that's where mm. it's gonna when, when they're caught and killed that's where it's gonna be so that stuff doesn't necessarily get processed out. So you have to be very mindful to get a very high quality and that costs money, you know, like a decent, a decent, um, um, fish a decent oil supplement. supplement. Yeah. Really pricey. No less than 25, 30 bucks. 
Wow. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I'm not really differentiating between the bottle and the pills because they're both expensive. So, but that's, but 30 bucks, you know, a month versus, I don't know how much, you know, arthritis medication is every month and, you know, all, and the quality of life that you suffer as a result of having this debilitating. I had a friend who had um, RA. I've known a few people with RA. It's brutal. Yeah, could barely function, could barely use the hands. I mean, it's just, you know, and was getting shots. And brutal medicine too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of medication, more bad safety news for Zeljan, speaking of arthritis. Mm. So apparently... In a closely watched oral surveillance trial, O-R-A-L surveillance, patients with rheumatoid arthritis experience infections at rates of 71.2 to 72.5%, um, taking Zelgens versus taking you know, some other sort of uh, medication. This is reported in the Annals of Rheumatic Diseases. Overall, when taking into account all the findings from oral surveillance, these results should be carefully considered as part of shared decision-making between physicians and patients. So the FDA has ordered um, their maker, Pfizer, to conduct the oral uh, surveillance following the drug's initial approval approval in 2012 for RA, and then they had already required a boxed warning based on results of the drug's clinical trials. These suggested high rates of infections and certain malignancy, but regulators wanted a safety-focused trial to get a better handle on the risks. For an interim analysis in 2019 revealed increased mortality in the high dosage arm, which was then terminated with those patients shifted to the lower dose for their remaining scheduled treatment. Oh my goodness. Most of the infections seen in the trial were non-serious upper respiratory tract illnesses. 12.8 to 15.2% of those on Zelgens and um, 12.7% of the placebo group experienced urinary tract infections and herpes zoster attacks occurred in 11.5 to 12.1% of the Zelgens versus 3.8 with the placebo. That's bananas. Mm. Bummer. And on top of that, they get the herpes zoster on top. That's so unfair. Oh, and UTIs too. Great. Yeah. But are these people who have the who are, who have the virus and because of the because yeah of the, the compromised system, immune system it pops right, up again exactly. Mm, mm. Well, further further lowering your immune system. Right. Exactly. Well, if we're looking at rheumatoid arthritis, uh, basically it's the immune system attacking your joints. Right. So that's you know that's that's the name. So rather than looking for the cause of what's attacking the the, the joints, like the diet. Well, it's it's yeah. I'm sure, it, once you have it, you just want it, some relief. Does, but in the meantime, the person an immunosuppressant. I mean, it's a very debilitating disease. Right. So you know, you give them an and also, but also in this age now, now you, you know, you're going to get herpes, you're going to get start UTIs, you're going to get a lot of stuff. No, you're going to get herpes outbreaks. You probably outbreaks. already no, had. No, you already had it. You right. don't get the herpes. Yeah. That's, right. that's a very important distinction. Right. So, but what I'm going to say is this, is that, yeah, it is a very debilitating disease, but do we think that, and I'm not a clinician, I'm just wondering out loud as an informed consumer, do we think that a drug that lowers your immune system and compromises your immune system is a good idea when there are other ways this disease can be tackled that will lend to a better quality of life and won't expose you to potential ruinous effects of say a monkeypox or a COVID-19. Well, I guess you want something while you're having a horrible flare, but the long-term is what you want, obviously. Right. For the long-term, I'm sure you're going to want to give, diet and uh you know proper healthy measures for food intake you want to give it a shot that's for sure i'm just wondering should doctors start should doctors start um be required to educate people in this manner instead of you know the quick fix what do you think lou i 
You know, I, I think that a sit down with the patient and an explanation of what this disease means that you have, you know, people think of arthritis as, oh, my joints are creaky. It's because of the rain. It's because of the weather. It's because I'm old, blah, blah, blah. That's right. more like osteoarthritis. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and people may not know this. So it, it comes into the realm of patient education. And I have always said that before you can educate the patient, you got to educate the HCP to educate the patient. Right. So isn't that just about here's your drugs, see you, see you soon, you're doing well, Lizzie, or you're doing well, Jenny, you know, type of thing uh, where the doctor just gets you out of the office. Uh, this is like you got to sit down and you have to explain to the patient, this is what your disease is. You know, or you have to quiz the patient and see, do you understand what this disease is? That your immune system is compromised. So you probably can get COVID a lot quicker. You're going to get outbreaks a lot quicker. You're probably more susceptible to shingles uh, and stuff like that. And, and what they, if you have HIV? Oh, gosh. All of, all of the above. So any, you know, any autoimmune, you know, any immune suppressant. Mm hmm is going to allow whatever's in your body to sneak back in whatever in your body that your body's keeping away it's going to sneak back in so educate the patient and a lot of times it's also this is not like blind therapy maybe maybe during the fall or the winter that's when these symptoms are worse maybe your body can use a timeout during the spring and the summer i don't know you know, that's for the clinician and the patient to decide. You know, maybe this is not year-round therapy. But I wonder if clinicians are allowed to have that kind of conversation with the patient that is not centered around, we'll take, you know, some sort of um, immune suppressant therapy. Isn't that um, part of the doctor-patient relationship that's sort of sacred? Shouldn't the doctor be able to? You have that kind of conversation the should be able to, but not always, hmm. not always, not every doctor, um, because the, a lot of the times they'll, they'll give you what the, I forgot what the term they use, the what guidelines, the, the guidelines are what the guidelines and the recommendations are. And that's not necessarily what they, they think or feel, but that's what they are towing the party line and saying, so to speak. Well, I'm going to go one step further here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that, you know, first I'm going to make a pitch for telemedicine, but I'm also going to, at the end, but at the beginning, I'm going to say that the, from what I understand, the doctor patient visit has degenerated to like some fast, you know, assembly line type thing where you talk to the PA, you led to a room. Your actual time talking to the physician is very limited. The physician is trying to get like 30 people in, in an hour or something. Right, crazy right. So they're not, they're not going to be there. They just there to examine you, do the, the bare minimum, uh, and, and pass you on to other people in their office with the hopes that you're going to be educated. The good thing about telemedicine is that it's just you and that person, you and the doctor. And there's a lot more talking going on. And for 15 minutes or whatever the time it is that you have that appointment, you've got the physician and they're going to be spending most of that time talking. So my feeling is that, you know, that talk time that's been taken out from the face-to-face -face visit has to be replaced by, by a telemedicine visit or a telemedicine follow-up. Maybe you should be examined and then have a telemedicine follow-up. From my experiences, from people that I've talked to, that seems to give you the best thing. You go to the doctor, you get your exam or whatever, they do whatever they got to do. And then the follow-up is via telemedicine where they can have a conversation with you. Not 27 phones ringing, eight patients waiting, and them being in a hurry. If telemedicine is covered in your area, uh, it's telemedicine. It seems to me telemedicine would be the cheapest or provided you have access to telemedicine. What if you don't have a phone? What if you don't, I see what you're exactly. saying. Yeah. What if you yeah. don't have broadband? What if you don't have a computer? What if, what if you, you don't have, have internet? Hard? Yeah. Yeah. No, then, then telemedicine is not really an option. So I don't know what to do. It just, it has so much potential telemedicine. Yeah. Yeah. 
but insurance is sort of pushing back on it because it's because a lot more people are availing themselves to it. And insurance's job is to make sure to spend as little money as possible to manage costs. Exactly. <laughs> uh, to the to the detriment of the care that is provided. And so back to what Lou was saying about patients not getting a quality experience. That's why a lot of these doctors just recommend these um, immunosuppressant therapy type uh, drugs because it's just easier. It's like, okay, I, I want to make you better. They're not necessarily bad people. They want you to feel better, but it's really just dealing with the symptoms. It's not really dealing with the underlying cause. So that was really my question. Should they not be dealing more with underlying causes? It's not a holistic approach. Yeah. That's, that's my, my feeling on it. It's probably not going to change. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, when you look at these drugs, they come out like gangbusters and these, these, you know, these drug companies, they scrape the cream off the top of the market and they make all this money. And then they find out a year, two years, three years, five years later, oops, we've got all these side effects. Well, by then they've made all the money and okay, if they get slapped on the wrist by the FDA and they've got to pay some fee, they just pay the fee because compared to the money that they've made, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not villainizing them saying that. I'm just saying it's wash, rinse, repeat. And that's how it goes. All right. Should we take another break and come back? Because I am dying yeah, to talk I, about this. I can't wait for you to talk about this either. <laughs> I know what you're going to talk I about. Called glass of water. All so right, we'll, yes. we'll take a break. <laughs> we'll be right back, and we're back. And I, um, where to start? Where to start with this story? Okay, let's start with the facts. All right, wait. Let's light the fire because I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Simone Gold, um, of America's Frontline Doctors, she is going to L. <laughs> She's going to she's going to federal prison. Um, she, her medical license was placed on inactive status. I'm surprised she wasn't stripped altogether, but it was placed on an inactive status while she's serving out her sentence. Um, so Simone, Gold, wait, wait, that's it? Inactive status? Yeah, that's what I just said. I'm surprised she wasn't stripped altogether. Yeah, but wouldn't it be inactive while she's in prison anyway? Like that? Wow. Okay. Keep yeah. going. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. So, um, so she's a founder of America's Frontline Doctors, and she was automatically placed on inactive status by the uh, Medical Board of California, and she's going to be spending federal prison time in Miami to serve a sentence for being involved in the insurrection on. January 6th, 2020. Ugh. So she's always been like a, you know, an anti-vax, you know, anti-COVID vax uh, proponent. And, you know, she's like, you know, big on promoting like the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and all that. And, but they weren't able to get her on that stuff. Mm -hmm. They were, they got her on, and they weren't even necessarily able to get her on the right necessarily. What they did get her on was, um, she, you know, she, well, she was found guilty of, of entering and remaining in a restricted building, but she also failed to help uh, a fallen officer. And that's kind of like what she's supposed to do as a, as a doctor. Is there a legal thing? I mean, I recognize the Hippocratic Oath, but yeah. is there a legal requirement? It's, it's sort of a dereliction of duty not to help a fallen person. Wow. So that was what the, those were the two things they got her on. Not all the other stuff. By the way, she's also a lawyer as well as a, a doctor. But I guess, well, I'm going to let you guys start before I, before I, I ask my question. Well, I just say there's a special place in hell. <laughs> that's, that's my feeling. I just, you know, dereliction of duty, just you know, anti-American, anti-democracy. You called the anti-American. I did. I did. Oh, she went there. I went there. Oh. Uh, Some people you know, her as a true American, but go ahead. <laughs> you, you heard anti no, Go ahead. No, anti. No. Uh-huh. Anti-caring for your fellow human being. That guy, you know, 
fell right in front of her and she did nothing. Uh, all right, next. Ooh, all right. Tell us how you really feel, <laughs> Lou. Well, you know, first of all, let, let's be real here. You know, how many doctor, how many times is there a medical emergency when you're up in the air and they ask for a doctor and do all doctors immediately volunteer? In her case, she was photographed. All I'm saying is that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on and I'm not sure that doctors are always... Are always getting involved. Maybe they don't yes. want to get involved. And, okay. And stepping up to the plate on stuff, uh, you know, and that's just because we don't know that they're doctors. They, you know... They don't have a little thing around their head that says doctor. They don't walk around with halos. And right. Um, That's true. You know, we can't tell them from anybody else. So at the end of the day, to put that onus on her, I think is a bit unfair. However, she was photographed. The evidence is there. You know, sorry, if you did the crime, you got to you got to pay. So I'm a, it's it's indisputable that she did the crime. I'm okay. just saying that this is something that a lot of people in her same position would do and would get away with it if we didn't know she was a doctor. If she was John Doe, if she wasn't such a public persona, she'd just be another person out of those tens of thousands that were in the Capitol riot. And just disappeared uh, in the crowd. Disappeared in the crowd, just okay. this person just milling about doing whatever they were doing. Number two, I gotta say that I will never go to her because I, I don't think I'm going to trust her after they after they do reinstate her um, license. I'm sure she'll have her fans, though. Oh, she's going to have her fans in this sectors of the country where I'm sure she'll be very popular. Um, a little of it, too, you know, just seems to be, you know, when, you know, they, they she is getting prosecuted and in. And I, I don't want to get political here, but, but I, I will a little bit. I, you know, it, it's sort of like, okay, this is the flavor now that we're going to go after those people that, that did the capital. So again, wrong time, wrong place. Not only were you there in the, not only were you there during the picture, during picture time when the, op, when the officer fell, not only did you not do your duty, you also were on the wrong side of the revolution, as they say. So that's three for three, ladies. So to me, it's like you're done. Well, according to the Journal of uh, Ethics from the AMA, uh, justice dictates that physicians provide care to all who need it. Ah. So here's what I, I here's here's my take on this. I, it's not going to be popular, but uh oh, I guess we do we acknowledge that people are human. Yes, we, mm. we agree that, that doctors are, are people and they're entitled to uh, their frailty. To make human errors? and Well, not human errors, but, you know, they're entitled to be as ridiculous as the rest of us, right? I don't agree with anything that she did, obviously, but is what she did more dangerous than say a doctor who refuses um, based on their religious beliefs to provide a woman with a, a medically necessary abortion. Uh, what about these doctors who, you know, don't want to see certain patients because they don't have money? And I, I'm just saying like, is she any more ridiculous than any number of doctors out there who do it and are it's okay it was injured in front of her or is there certain politics involved in yeah i get that and that was wrong i'm not saying that that was right look capone killed a lot of people but he went to jail for not filing his taxes you understand what the I'm only saying? thing they like, could get him on right so right. yes okay. so but what i'm saying is that she it's not like she's an exception to the rule there are doctors are doing a lot of ridiculous stuff. Mm -hmm. There are doctors who literally turn people away because they're fat. There are doctors who literally turn people away because they're uneducated or they're poor. They don't go to jail for that stuff. 
Ah, I see what you're saying. Away, you can just go to work. First of all, no, they can't always just go someplace else because sometimes but they're not necessarily not... doing it so publicly. That that's but what that's, Lou said. That's what I'm saying. I'm well, saying Lou said she performed the crime, and now she's got and she performed it in public. Absolutely, she on got screen. Yes, yeah, she got caught. Right. I'm just right. saying that. Yeah, should I, this change the standard? No, I, I, for, and I, I and the reason I have no sympathy for her is she I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't have sympathy for her either. Yeah. That's not what yeah. I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying I, at I, all. You know, I, I do have sympathy for people that are on the wrong side of history, and when well, you're I didn't wrong, know it, right? Because you know, look, at the end of the day, there are people that kind of got caught up supporting the Czar of Russia. For whatever reason, they weren't doing anything wrong. They were just supporting that person, and they some of them lost their lives. Some people supported Louis the Fourteenth. I'm not saying they, she doesn't deserve her sentence. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve you know, her sentence. I I'm thinking that a I'm she saying, was on the wrong side. She was on the losing side. But I think that's the point that I'm trying to make. Why is what she did not okay, but what other doctors do? I don't think what other doctors people, are doing is okay. A lot of that costs okay. a lot. That's the point that yeah. I made. So while she was acting up, is know, it because she was caught on camera doing it? Well, how many how many of these cases have we talked about with these women going to see these doctors and the doctors basically gaslighting them out of the care that they? Yeah, it's lousy ethics. They didn't right. get caught. That's what it comes down to. Why is it that that is okay? You never hear of these doctors getting any backlash. You never hear of these doctors getting mm. reprimanded by the AMA. It's an honest mistake. It's okay for them to do that, but it's not okay what she did. Do you think if she were a male doctor, it would have been different? I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm just curious. Do you think do you she's think getting singled out? I don't in, think she's As opposed to another doctor? I, I think she was, a, I think the fact. That I think if she were at a Black Lives Matter rally, I think the treatment would be a little different. Might be. Um, and I'm not, I'm, again, I again, am not saying that what she did, I'm not saying anything that she did was, I, I, I was okay. I'm not okay where, with any of it. On where it's being tried, but, but here's the thing. But I mean, we're in a really political environment right now. And, she didn't, she where, didn't lose her license. It's just no, suspended it was, while she's in prison. Yeah. Correct. So my it should feeling, have been it should have been my feeling is but. that you know I, I I think it's a little harsh on doctors to say that they have to take a case. I think it's uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. However, I think there are some caveats there. And the caveat is, is this a critical case where no other doctor is available? The answer Right, is, they could refer out a patient. Well, no, 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 I'm talking about this particular incident. Right, right. She walked by, there was no other doctor around. She knew that. So, did, she, Mark, did she know that? Well, uh, you know, you're in a riot. Is she contributing in the riot? She's part of the riot. Somebody fell. She was, she was part of the riot and someone was felled by one of her fellow insurrectionists. You know, and, and if that person, again, I, I don't have film, so I don't see how close she was to this or how in the moment she was. Like, did she see this or was it like three rooms down and she didn't know? But Or did she feel like he's not my patient? Yeah. You know, let's. I'm not let's, here in a medical capacity. Let's just. I'm say, not excusing anything yeah. she did, mind you. Let, let's just say. Let me that, make that very clear. Let's just say that this person is in clear eyesight, and it's within 50 feet of her, and there's no impediment between him and the person that fell. And she okay. had no impulse to go over and help. No, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't haven't seen the video of her and the and the patient. Mm, right. But if that's the case, then a rational person can make the inference that hey. I'm the point of care person here. There's nobody else, you know, time, you know, minutes count. I got to do it. At that point, I would say gross neglect of her duties, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. That to me, that to me is a tick mark. If they were, if she was part of a cadre of doctors, you know, that decided to all go together and, and demonstrate as a group and seven surgeons were near her and all that, I can see where one person says, hey, I don't want to get involved in this. I don't think I'm qualified. I just don't want to do it. Uh, whatever, whatever your reason is, I get it. 
And I think that when you turn down somebody for care that's not critical, I think a doctor should have some leeway. So you think cancer is not critical? You think if somebody says, I, 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 I can't eat, uh, I can't go to the bathroom, uh, I'm I think passing if, bloody if, stools. If that patient, you don't think that's, if that you don't patient think can cancer is critical? To somebody who you feel But is, that's not what happened. What happened was time and again, these doctors gaslighted these people out of getting follow-up or, you know, uh, further care. No, no, no. You're you just need to lose weight. Oh, it's great that you're not eating. Oh, this is nothing. You, nothing to worry about can't. at all. That sounds more like malpractice. I my but my yes. But my point is is that this happens all the time. And these doctors sort of Is know, it incompetence or malice? Well, well was what somebody dropping in front of you is malice and you don't do anything. That's malice. Okay. And you're the only one around. Okay, but if a patient really comes, comes into you and because the person is is obese and you don't give them the care that they they're supposed to get, is that not malicious? I think what you're Should saying we... is how come they get away with it and she didn't. She's an insurrectionist and she right. she got and right she now that went out in public out. and did everything wrong in public. That's why. And they can't stand by and witness that and do nothing about it. Yeah. Remember, you only have one life and one body. So you got to do your best to make it count. So your years are full of life and full of health. Remember, information equals transformation. Small steps each day and you'll see a difference. I'm sure of it. So check us out on Urban Health Weekly when this goes up. And uh, you guys, you're the best as always. And have a terrific week. Absolutely. And try to stay cool out there. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.